Welcome everyone. Today we have Tina Bojwani, the founder of the vegan shoe brand Aira Shoes and also the newly opened Figure 8 store. Tina, thank you so much for joining us today. You've launched a gorgeous shoe brand that is not only sustainable, but also incredibly comfortable. I own a pair, so I can testify they are very, very comfortable in addition to being vegan. Before we talk about Aira Shoes, I know that you are not new to fashion. I would love to find out more about your journey. Could you tell us more about yourself? Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here and thank you so much for having me. I've spent my entire career in the fashion industry. I've always loved and appreciated fashion and was fortunate enough to get a job working at Donna Karen right out of university. And that's how my career began. I spent several years there, first in New York and then in London before moving back to New York and then joining um, the great American contemporary brand Theory, where I spent 14 years working directly for the founder and building up the company, amongst other things. Um, And then my last corporate job was president of Dolce & Gabbana North America, where I was overseeing the region um, and all aspects of the business. So, you know, felt very, very fortunate to have worked with incredible people and worked for great brands. And that's sort of how my career evolved. And it all sort of evolved very naturally. You know, one thing led to the next that led to the next. So I'm I'm most grateful for that. Yes. And how did you first get into fashion? Honestly speaking, I loved what was going on with the brand DKNY. This is in the mid 90s. And I was looking at the alumni network from my university and I saw someone working in the beauty company at Donna Karen. So I went to meet with her and she suggested that I share my CV with the international sales and marketing VP, which I did. And, you know, I was lucky enough to get a job as an entry level job as an assistant. And it started there. And then you had the idea uh, eventually to start Aira Shoes. What uh, led you to start Aira Shoes? What was the journey like? The journey was interesting. You know, as I said, I felt very fortunate to have had this great experience behind me, but I always have had an entrepreneurial spirit. Even for the companies I worked with, it was a lot of business development. So I love sort of building things. And I just got to the point in my life where it felt right to to try to be an entrepreneur and, and also create a positive impact, you know, in an industry that I love so much became increasingly clear to me that we needed to rethink a little bit how we were operating as an industry. So I felt like if I could add a little value through creating a new business model, it could have a positive impact uh, in the long run. So it's a vegan shoe brand, and that's not the only characteristic what makes the brand different. Could you tell us more about the brand? Absolutely. So we did a lot of research um, before starting the brand in the footwear space, and there was a lot of interesting things going on in in the world of sneakers or, um, you know, contemporary or, or, or more mass market, but there was nothing really happening in the luxury space. So the idea was if we could create luxury shoes that don't look or feel any different than what's out there already in the market, but are sustainable, that there was an opportunity there. So, you know, we, we wanted to combine luxury and sustainability. We wanted to show that, in fact, these two elements can go hand in hand, you know, and we wanted to be first in the space. I would say one more thing that makes us different is that we really relied on science and certification when putting our claims out there. You know, we, we worked from the beginning with a third-party certification agency called SCS Global Services. We did a life cycle assessment. We measured all of our impacts, and then we 
work to offset the impacts um, by 110% so we could give back. And, and that's already after starting with, you know, as low of an impact as we could have. I will, uh, you know, I interviewed Diana, actually, Diana Verdenieto, the co-founder of Positive Luxury last week, and we met up in Paris as well. That was a very nice coincidence. We talked about you. Your brand has the butterfly mark, has the certification of Positive Luxury. Could you tell us more about the butterfly mark? What was the entire process for you like? You know, as I mentioned, we care a lot about certification and science. Um, because the word sustainable doesn't mean so much, I think, without that backing it up. And so what Diana has created, you know, with this certification, with luxury seems so appropriate for us. You know, it provides the consumer with confidence that the business is operating, you know, with the highest possible standards. The business is innovating. The business is going above and beyond normal practices. And for the customer, it makes it easy because I feel like as a consumer, if you see that butterfly mark, you can rest assured that you're making a, a positive purchase decision. Absolutely. And uh, what was the process like for you? Because I am going through the same process myself, but I know that we'll have listeners who want to find out more. Could you tell us your own experience? Yes, it was. Um, it was quite a process because what the company does is look at every single aspect of your business. So everything that impacts environment, everything that impacts social. So we had to go through every single aspect of our business and, and go through questionnaires and explain how and why and, and why we made the choices we made. It was quite a process, but I have to say it, it was great to go through it because it also shows you where you have areas to improve. Yes. Um, you know, we did it as a very small company. You know, we were a handful of employees, two factories, a couple of suppliers. It was an interesting journey and one that I, I highly recommend that anyone who's doing this type of work goes through. Absolutely. Actually, very recently in British Vogue, in the September issue of British Vogue, there is an article about the certifications, sustainability certifications and the question they ask, is it going to make impact on profitability? And very recently, I was interviewed myself by someone who is doing his PhD on this topic. And I know it's wow. not exactly in fashion, but and he basically asked me the same exact question. Does it make any difference to you profit wise? And I mean, my answer was, it's very difficult for me to measure that, but I am doing it for myself because like you said just now, I am saying I've been a sustainable brand from the beginning, but I don't think that means anything without some backing up, without the certificates. I totally agree with you. I think you do that for first because that's why you start a company, right? You're more mission driven, you're more impact focused. But I do think in the long run, you know, it will lead to more profitability simply because people are caring more and more about ethics behind the companies that they're purchasing from. So I don't know that we're there yet, but I think in the long term, you know, we're going to get there. Yeah, that's very true. I think our industry is changing. COVID, I would say, really accelerated that change. And we see the young generation that is really much more aware and they want to consume with a lot more awareness, I would say. I completely agree with you. I think the young generation is, is so progressive and aware and conscious. And, you know, I'm, I'm really inspired by all of that. 
Yes, likewise, likewise. And, you know, I, I want to ask you the question about, you know, take you to the very beginning of launching your own fashion brands. Uh, what challenges did you face in the very beginning? And I know it's not an easy industry. It's a lot of blood, sweat and tears, as they say. What challenges did you face and how did you overcome them? You know, it was interesting when you're trying to pioneer something. I think the industry is complicated as it is, but when you're trying to do something that's never been done before, there's inevitably going to be a lot of challenges. I mean, we had challenges on the material side. We had challenges convincing our factories that had only ever worked with the animal materials, that this was actually a really good idea and something that would be more important as time passed on. You know, so we we went through a lot of trial and error. Actually, um, interesting to note, it takes about one and a half times the amount of time to to make a pair of vegan shoes than it does an animal material production. So, you know, we learned a lot along the way, and there were challenges. But you know, it was really rewarding was overcoming the challenges and coming out with a really high quality product that that looks and feels just like a any other luxury shoe. Absolutely. It is very high quality and it's very, very comfortable, which I think is so important. Yes, that is a big focus, comfort for us, because I think people are not willing to suffer, maybe like we did many years ago um, for fashion. I know. And uh, it's uh, we talked about it with Diana, actually, when we met up, how comfortable your shoes are. Oh, I'm so, so happy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It was a big focus. And in fact, we're launching a new group of shoes. We've just launched a few um, in the pop-up in Soho, but we've actually enhanced our comfort. So I'm looking forward to to getting your feedback on on the new shoes. I would love it. I would love to try them. And when you were, is there anything you wish you knew before you were starting Aira Shoes? Would you do anything differently today? You know, um, we sort of took on a lot, I would say at the beginning, you know, we, we were doing a market test and we did both men's and women's. And being as small and, and, you know, with limited resources, I would have maybe just started with the women's, which is how we ultimately launched. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would I would have started a little bit more focused, I would say. But we pivoted after we we did our test phase and, and we did launch with the women's. But, yes, it was it was sort of way more time consuming to try to focus on on both genders to start. And for those who want to who want to launch their own fashion brand or shoe brand, what advice would you give them? Great question. A few pieces of advice, actually. The, the first one, which I think is, is, is quite important, would be to get experience working somewhere first. I think of all of what you can learn working for a company or about all aspects of, of a business, even beyond what, what your role may be, is, is critically important. Then I would also say, you know, believe in yourself, even on the toughest of days. It will be a lot of hard work. And then something that that I didn't really think about, but I've learned and, and continue to learn is there will be a lot of pivots. It is definitely not a linear process. That is very true. I have my own brand, which is uh, in leather products. It's not shoes, leather bags and accessories. And it's, uh, it's not easy. It's a lot of pivots and uh, many changes that you have to do along the way. Yes, you have lots to be of, flexible. <laughs> yes, lots of ups and downs. And Tina, what is a typical day for you? Because I ask this question because I want our listeners to get a feel of what a typical day is for a fashion entrepreneur. What challenges do you face on a day-to-day basis? Goodness, there's so many, you know, because you are overseeing all aspects of the business. And at the moment, we're also fundraising. 
So we're raising our, our seed round of capital. So mm -hmm. it could be anything from speaking to potential investors, to working on production issues, to speaking to retailers, to working on your marketing and communication strategy, to um, you know meeting with your accountant. So it literally spans everything and no two days are quite the same. That's very true. And you also just recently launched Figure 8 Store, just last week, actually. So I would love to find out more about it. I follow you on Instagram. And uh, what made you launch Figure 8 Store? What's different about it? You know, I think having worked in the industry for over 20 years, there hasn't been that much evolution, I think, in, in retail and how it's done. You know, I, I think back to, to what was one of the more innovative stores, and I would say that would be Colette in Paris. Which yes. launched over 20 years ago, and it was so new and modern and fresh and cut forward to today. And having launched my own brand and, and living through the past 18 months of COVID, you know, I think the realization that of how important physical connections and experiences are, and thinking about how we need to rethink traditional retail systems, that sort of led me to try to redefine the in-store experience, you know, especially for digitally native brands. Like I said, I'd had my own brand and I understood that, you know, if we're going to make a difference, you know, it would be a lot easier to come together with other like-minded brands and try to do that together. So we set up this concept store. We have around uh, 20 brands participating right now, and they're all conscious, um, vegan, sustainable you know, and they don't have a brick and mortar presence. So it felt like the appropriate thing to do. We also created a space that was fully designed with sustainability in mind. So all the furniture, the fixtures, the, the fitting rooms, everything we did was with sustainable materials. And so it was, it was sort of taking the 360 degree, degree approach to the word sustainability. And we have this pop-up, which launched, as you said, um, on September 1st, and, and we have it through the end of the year. And I hope it can continue after that. It looks beautiful. I, I saw the photos and I hope to visit it in person. I also think it's a very smart idea to bring brands together that follow the same idea, the same principle, hold the same values, especially today. Thank you. And I, I think there's so many great brands out there. And I think it's a great way to educate, you know, the consumer that luxury and sustainability does go hand in hand. And, and that's true. And beauty, accessories, apparel, furniture, home. And, and we tried to bring elements of all of that together to make that statement. And is there a reason, I'm just curious, is there a reason for what is the meaning of the name figure eight? Figure eight, we liked it because it, it sort of stands for eternal development. And if you look at the number eight and turn it sideways, it's an eternity sign. So, yes. you know, we see this as constant development, eternity, creating uh, change for the future. Oh, it's very nice. And uh, we talked about the industry overall. Where do you see, what is your own view of the industry? Where do you see it heading? You know, you, you said something earlier that I completely agree with, which is, you know, th that our consciousness is greater now than it was even 18 months ago. So I see the industry, I'm positive about the industry. I see it changing. I see it changing slowly because I think it's hard to change quickly, such, such a big industry and large organizations and corporations. But I, I see a positive future. I think that I think what we do need is more legislation and standards because I think it's it's very hard today to drive change without having any set set of standards. You know. Yes. But um, but you know what is also interesting is I feel like the consumer is really driving the change too. So you know the the consumers voting with 
their dollars towards, you know, more conscious choices. Absolutely. I mean, I in October, the interview I did with, uh, I interviewed Dex Lovegrove. He's the head of sustainability at Versace and Jimmy Choo. And he also said similar things to me because the consumers are demanding this change. It's not, and it's beautiful to see actually, because just a few years ago, this would not have been this wasn't the norm. We know it. We were like thinking, okay, I'm a sustainable brand. But even 20 years ago to say I'm a sustainable brand, it meant that you probably were not very good quality or you were just like doing things on your own. We had Stella McCartney, who was one big sustainable brand, but the industry was not at all this focused on sustainability. I completely agree with you. And and what I think is exciting is all the innovation and material science and technology that's allowing this to to come to life. You know, I think, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't even have a lot of these options, at least in materials that we're looking at with ERA and, you know, furniture companies to outfit figure eight. Um, You know, these these are all fairly newer companies and a lot of it's based on, on new technology and reuse of materials. It's very true. Thank you again for taking the time. I know you are very busy to do the podcast with me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. In the end, I have these very quick, I call them rapid fire questions that I ask at the end. Sure. Uh, What does sustainability mean to you? Sustainability to me is making conscious choices, you know, being and being aware of the impact of the choices we make. Three words to describe aerosols. Chic, comfortable, as you mentioned before, and modern. Very nice. Three words to describe you. Curious, forward thinking, and I would say kind. Oh, what keeps you motivated? The desire to make a positive impact. Who and what inspires you? Gosh, so much. Um, family, friends, colleagues, travel, books, art, nature, and also, as we said before, the younger generation. And speaking of books, what is your favorite book? Gosh, that's a tough question, you know, but but one that I, I, I refer to that I think is is important one. I'm, I'm my, I was born here in America, but my family is from India. So I would say that the Bhagavad Gita, ah. which is, it's a spiritual scripture, but it goes back to universal truths that relate to like life and religion and philosophy and work. So that would be, that would be one for me. I know the book and it's very good. Uh, favorite fashion designer? I have a couple actually. I would say one of my favorites is Azadina Laya. And yes. then um, and then another one who I greatly admire is Phoebe Philo. Ah yes, and uh, we'll see what she her new collection. Can yeah. we <laughs> looking forward? I'm a huge fan. Yes. Do you have favorite time of the day? Yes, I do. Sort of the evening, you know, when you can wind down a little bit from a crazy because I start the mornings pretty hectic and, and go throughout the day. So at that moment in the evening where you can wind down a little bit is, is my favorite time. Who is your role model? My mother. Why? Uh, she taught me so much about unconditional love, respect, kindness and, and, and really important uh, lessons on, on gratitude. Uh, what do you want to be remembered for? I go back to making a positive difference, but I guess I would also say helping those around me to rise and and succeed. So doing what I can to help others. Oh, that's beautiful. And my last final question now, (laughs) what advice would you give to your 18 year old self? 
You know, I think that a piece of advice that that I would give to myself at 18 is 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 to be more confident and and to really believe in in myself and you know, I think at 18 you're going through a lot and you're insecure, so you know, something that would bring would would bring a higher level of confidence, I would say. That's beautiful. I think, you know, this is a question I ask at the end of every single interview and and you know, Tina, I think I would give myself the same exact uh, advice if I were 18. <laughs> yes. Yes, we, we we only realize it when we're older, right? So if, if you could give yourself that advice, I think it would be really helpful. Absolutely. I I think mine will be the same. And yes, <laughs> with age, the beauty of getting older is that you become more and more confident as well, and much more. It's like you come into your own. But yeah. I I would definitely give the same advice. Thank you again, Tina. It Thank was, you so much. Such a pleasure, Nelly. Likewise, I really love talking to you and uh, hope uh, to actually come to Figure 8 store when I'm in New York. It would be a pleasure to meet you in person and, and show you around Figure 8. So I hope that happens soon. Thank you again. Thanks.